is pop culture important? And if it is, how do we engage with it in a healthy way? We discuss this and more with special guest Daniel Blackaby on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, certified nerd, and with me as always is my uncomfortably astute co-host. Nathan Clark's an actor, author, filmmaker, and um, uncertified nerd. I haven't taken the course yet, <laughs> but I'm on my way. I will be a certified nerd in no time. Joseph is my guide through this process, and uh, you need to get that certification. Yeah, so then you can start charging for your nerd dedum. Actually, I can <laughs> insult on nerd issues. Exactly. <laughs> with us today is a very special, also nerdy guest, he is an author, editor, and online personality who has published multiple books in both fiction and nonfiction, including Experiencing God, When Worlds Collide, The Lost City Chronicles, and Two Thankful Turtles. I'm really looking. I, I want to check out that one. He currently lives in Georgia with his wife, Sarah, and twin boys, Logan and Emerson. He holds a PhD in aesthetic philosophy theology and is the founder of TheCollision.org, a multimedia ministry helping Christians to engage with culture. He also considers himself a major Tolkien buff and a connoisseur of European heavy metal. He I is know. the dashing, the daring, the debonair, Dr. Daniel Blackaby. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me. I need to keep that recorded and just sort of play it every time I enter the room or something. Hey. You make me want to sound British. Like, <laughs> like after show March, Joseph, to our guests, you know, you <laughs> like 50 bucks. <laughs> yes, it's just gotta gotta make that somehow. Podcasting is not doesn't make you millionaires. Ain't that the truth? Oh <laughs> uh, uh, well. Anyway, we're really excited uh, to have you on, Daniel, because we're discussing something that you know a lot about, and we know we'll have a lot of fun with. It's about whether or not pop culture is important. But first, Nathan, if people enjoy our discussion and want to engage more with our content and meet fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? Then go to theoverthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and send us all of their love and hate mail. They can also go to our online private group on Facebook called The Overthinkers, where we have over 15,000 overthinkers just like yourself getting into great discussions about all the fun stuff we talk about here. And uh, fair warning, it's mostly memes. Um, <laughs> so if you do enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a review and sharing with a friend. It really does help us so very much. Cool. All right. Ready to get started? Let's do it. Awesome. Okay, so I think it's fair to say that few things are simultaneously more popular and more decried than popular culture. According to Dictionary.com, pop culture is something relating, referring, or belonging to cultural and commercial artifacts, media, and entertainment reflecting, suited to, or aimed at the tastes of the general masses of people. From age to age, popular culture is looked down upon by elites who consider popular art to be of low taste or denounced by parents and religious leaders for corrupting the youth. Whether it's Elvis and the Beatles in the 60s, MTV and Pokemon in the 90s, or TikTok and superhero movies today. In the 90s, the New York Times actually wrote a piece called Americans Despair of Popular Culture that made the case that Americans blame pop culture for everything, from shootings to every other kind of de generational de de degeneracy. Martin Scorsese famously referred to superhero movies as theme park rides and not real cinema and bemoan the lack of such cinema in modern culture. For critics of popular culture from an aesthetic sense, pop culture is candy that tastes good, but doesn't challenge its audience or make them better people. And in fact, degrades their tastes and morals. And therefore, its popularity over far better moral works of art is maddening to them and speaks to a general degradation of society as a whole. Others push back, such as Judy Berman in her timepiece, Welcome to the Era of Unapologetic Bad Taste, who argues that much of what is considered high art or moral art by people is highly subjective, with examples like Elvis being considered low taste and degenerate in his time, but a genius and an icon in ours. Or Rod Chaudhary from Times of India, who argues that pop culture is a mixed bag of good and bad, and therefore shouldn't be dismissed or embraced wholeheartedly either way, but instead taken on a case-by-case -case basis. So, Daniel, you're a Christian and you run a website and YouTube channel where you examine pop culture from a Christian perspective and an aesthetic perspective. Why do you think examining seriously pop culture is valuable and does pop culture offer anything valuable to the culture as such? 
Yeah, I think pop culture, yeah, you know, how dare anyone like things? It's crazy how, how controversial <laughs> uh, people liking things can be uh, from, from either side of the, the discussion. Um, but I think pop culture, almost, you know, the question is pop culture important, um, almost needs a, like a, something at the end of that to, to signify what you're talking about. I think, you know, like something like beauty, uh, is beauty important? Uh, of course it's important. That's a, a standard. So it's a good, uh, on its own. You don't need to add to it. Uh, whereas I think with pop culture, kind of where you land on that discussion depends kind of what angle you're coming at. Like, you know, it's fast and furious 27, you know, an objective, important, good for society. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know if that the answer is, is yes. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, so, enough people think so to, to keep making these movies. Doing a sequel, there's no need to disguise. The studio considers us a viable franchise. Um, which probably not, you know, well, is it on its own a value? I'm not sure that a lot of pop culture is you know, necessary in that sense that for, you know, human flourishing but is pop culture important um for various aspects of how we navigate this world and relationships and uh, understand society for um understand our faith understand the way we we view the world we understand uh, the journey we're on uh, i think there is a lot of value in that um, and i think even the fact that it is popular culture um usually sort of signifies things that speak to a lot of people that this this, mm. this is important to a lot of people. Uh, therefore, I think it is important to, to for all of us to at least take notice of, you know, why and uh, what what does this what does this say? What does this say about us? What does it say about me? Why do people like this stuff? Uh, so I do think from from a certain point of view, as as the Jedi once said, uh, I think <laughs> definitely there's some um, there is some value for society and culture and in pop culture. Yeah, I think this is. Um... This is an interesting uh, topic because I, I I have been in in between of a lot of different groups have strong opinions on pop culture and and I'll go ahead and admit that I'm someone who a, a lot of the things that we would consider pop culture I'm a fan of uh, I actually enjoy and I used to call them like these kind of guilty pleasures like oh I turn on a Taylor Swift song I should feel kind of guilty about that but I do enjoy singing in the car to a Taylor Swift and it's like I should feel guilty about that and I've you know had a I've been and interact with a lot of different groups. And you, Joseph, you kind of pointed them out, which is you have this kind of, you know, I've lived in New York and LA where you have um, uh, what you consider kind of the secular elites when it comes to pop culture. And it's like, they're constantly having conversations about, is this real art or, or if you say <laughs> like this kind of book or this kind of movie, they'll say, well, that's not a real literature or a real film, you know, things like that. So they're con constantly differentiating kind of into their understanding and, and definition, what is real art and what is not. And they, uh, very often are known by more by what they exclude than what they include. And so there's almost this kind of identity around exclusion of anything labeled with this pop culture um, uh, moniker. And then you have, I also grew up in the Christian world, um, particularly the evangelical Christian world, in which I remember from the, you know, very, very young, um, you know, I remember my parents being told that, you know, every Disney movie coming out was was filled with terrible things. and And basically it was the encouragement that you needed to, sever your tie to anything that was quote pop culture that if it was popular there was something almost inherently evil about it and that you needed to kind of create this separatist community where you weren't touched by any of these popular things like the disney channel or um i don't know uh, radio or secular music things like that and so you know both of these groups have kind of this, uh, this detrimental negative look at what we consider pop culture um for for different reasons um but you know i, I like what you said Daniel, is you pointed out the pop culture is short for popular culture. It, it is the culture that the most amount of people within a particular society are gathering around celebrating or engaging in. And I think that it, whatever whatever group you fall into, that whatever reason you have for not enjoying or looking um, condescendingly on pop culture, that's fine. We can all like what we like and dislike what we, what we don't like. I, there's no problem with that. Um, but I think that when we denigrate pop culture as a whole and we will be uh sever our connection to it one of the things we're actually doing as you point out daniel is we're not taking into account that this is something that will inform you about what a lot of people believe enjoy their psychology um mm -hmm. uh, th their tastes and so i think when we disengage with pop culture we're actually doing ourselves a disservice on ever actually being able to connect with culture at large because pop culture is just that it's definitionally the culture 
that is most popular. And I think there's so many things to be learned from that. Um, you know, th there's a lot of things, quote, in pop culture that I don't enjoy, but I have tried to implement this practice where I don't just immediately denigrate it. I try to identify what it is about this particular thing that's so connective. Like we, you know, bringing up Taylor Swift again, she is like, I I'd say, well, not I'd say, I'd, everyone has said um, that she's a pop culture icon, right? Yeah. That there's something about her that is iconic. Um, and so while I did not go to the latest eras tour and have no plans to, um, I wouldn't say no to a free ticket, but I'm not dying for one Ooh. either. Um, there is something in this, you know, we see it's like one of the biggest concert tours ever. And it was interesting to see it happen alongside the revival that happened in the news a while ago and see these spiritual experiences, these group, uh, the, these large amounts of groups who are having the same experience together who are being drawn to this musical production. And so it's interesting. I think there's something there. We can dismiss it as just, oh, it's another pop artist, but there's something there in her music and her lyrics and her whatever it might be, her mystique that is drawing a, a lot of this generation to her. And so I think if we want to affect culture, particularly as Christians who have, um, you know, the, 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 I'd say responsibility to affect and love and connect with people. If you want to connect with people, particularly the most, the, the greatest amount of people, one of the best things you can do is actually look at what is popular, whether you like it or not, and actually start engaging with it and deciphering it and and kind of uncovering it. What is it about these things that is so connective to so many people? And so that that's one side that's very informative. And then I'll quickly touch on this and, and throw it back to you, um, uh, you, you, Joseph, and we can uh, continue this conversation about pop culture, which is um, the other side is um, that it, what is what you said, Daniel, it's okay to enjoy things <laughs> that I seen a lot of people. It's funny, even like my most um, elitist, artistic, you know, highbrow friends, if you actually get to know them, they all have these secret little things that they love <laughs> and they're not highbrow. They're totally lowbrow. They're totally silly. Maybe it's family guy or maybe it's uh, a Taylor Swift song, whatever it might be. Um, but there, there's something in it that they love. And so if you find yourself loving a pop culture thing and maybe you feel guilty about it or like i'm not cool to like this um there's something in that piece that you love and one, i would say don't don't feel guilty about it like what you like but also in the same way that we we kind of um probe society as a whole mm. it, they, there's something popular culture um that you connect to probe yourself when you mm. find yourself drawn to anything but particularly to like a pop pop culture thing I think it's a great time to start going, why do I like this? What is it about me that even me, who's so high round, only likes high art, what is it about this thing that I really like? Is there something there I can learn about myself or learn just about the human condition? But I think that there, I think we're missing a lot when we just throw away pop culture altogether, because I think there's a lot here that can tell us about ourselves and society as a whole. So Joseph, I'd love to hear your thoughts and we can throw it back to Daniel. My, 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 when I, when you're mentioning that person who has the things that he loves that are like sophisticated, but as like, has, has those secret things. I'm just remembering my film teacher who had his two favorite genres of movies were French new wave and Westerns. I was just like, one of these things is not like the other, but, um, but I, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that there's a, a lot of smart things you said there. I'm really proud to have you as a co-host. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think, so first I would say is I think pop culture, I agree with like most of what you said, all of what you said. I, and, and I add to it, I think that pop culture is important in a, in the, just a basic sense because i think that there is something important about having culture that we all have in common that yeah. we all have can have a common language that we can have a common you know like again like the fact that you know you can you know uh churches and families and 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 talk show hosts can mention marvel movies and we all know what they're talking about we can you know preachers and sermons on sundays can reference barbie or you know, whatever, and to make a point that they're trying to make, because we all have, you know, we've all seen the movie, we've read the thing. And so we all have this basic cultural understanding uh, and experiences in common. I think those are good things. And I think necessarily those things are going to be not lowest common denominator, but they are going to engage, involve a certain common denominator. So, and, and one of the things that people really I think a lot of the denigration of pop culture often comes from is when people have a dislike for the common denominator. So you talk about people who are artistic kind of elites, you know, sophisticated New Yorkers who 
talk about, well, it's only real good art if it's this kind of thing, this kind of thing that only that only college educated, you know, sophisticated, you know, people who've read a bunch of books and basically had the leisure time to develop these kind of tastes that they have in higher art have the time to develop. And so what they're really saying is that people who don't have the time to develop the taste that I've developed, there's something wrong with them, or they don't actually have anything valuable to contribute to the conversation or things that they like. It's not valuable for things to be made for people who don't have the time to develop taste that I have. And the same with Christians or people who are kind of separatist types who they, so like, you know, if it's a class thing on the one hand, we are, when we're saying we don't like popular art, we're saying we don't like poor people, you know, when uh, with Christians or people who are more separatist, what we're saying is we don't like the wider culture because we think that there's something, it's evil because it's secular or something like that. And so therefore there can't be anything valuable there because the only thing that's valuable about, you know, about that can, there only value be found in things that come from, you know, it being Christian. And I think that the problem with that is that the image of God is in all people. And that means that, again, even if you didn't go to college and didn't take a film course, you know, your the, the movies that you like matter and actually speak to the image of God in you, you know, not just the uneducated part of you. And if you are made in the image of God, the movies and the shows and the music that you like is speaking to the image of God in you, not just the non-Christian part of you. I think that there is that attitude that people kind of can have which leads them to not do what you did and assume that because people are made in the image of God, there's something there that's probably valuable if it is popular. I actually kind of went through this whole journey where I started out with this whole idea of like, if it's popular, it's probably bad because I felt distant from the popular, my peers in a lot of strong ways. And so I was like, if they like it, it's probably kind of dumb. But then I would start to actually watch and engage with their stuff. And I started to have the attitude that if it's popular, that doesn't mean I have to approve of it. Believe me, I have disapproved and think a lot of things that are popular are bad. But it does mean there's something here that's touching the image of God in them. And so that's sort of an attitude that I've shifted towards, which has affected the way I view pop culture. So, Daniel, you've heard us kind of wax uh, poetic, psychological, philosophical on pop culture. What what would you sort of say to this? Um, you think we're on the right track or what would you kind of add to that? And and yeah. also I'll add to that question. Um, what is it that interests you in pop culture? Because, you know, we went through your bio. You have a PhD. You are you are the epitome of an educated guy who um, you, you've studied art. You know what high art is. And yet you see value. You have a whole website that's d- devoted to kind of... Um, investigating the things that are taking place in culture as a, a personally what do you find uh both in our comments but it's interesting about pop, pop culture and what kind of started that for you yeah well i think it's um kind of like you were saying joseph even if you just look at a like in my library uh, my bookshelf i was an english major in college and then i went on to get a phd in in aesthetics and there's a clear divide about halfway through my library where like on the left, it's Dickens and all these, you know, <laughs> the, the great Shakespeare shelf. And, you know, it's, it's all organized with, you know, American literature and world literature and Russian literature. And then about halfway through, it's just a bunch of dragons and axes and, and nerdy fantasy stuff. <laughs> and it's this sort of um, this contrast of, you know, which I think uh, to, to build up what you were saying, Joseph, I, I do think one of the disca- or important distinction maybe is between good and valuable. I think... Uh, just because, you know, is a lot of pop culture both? Uh, yes, I think there is a lot of really great, well-made uh, pop culture. But, you know, just because something's popular doesn't necessarily mean it's good, <laughs> objectively, artistically good. And just because it's not objectively good doesn't necessarily mean it's not without value. And I think, uh, like you were saying, Nathan, um, kind of the way with what we do with our Collision website and channel is the way we frame pop culture and its value. We use the word cultural conversations. And even Joseph, you were using that language about joining the uh, the conversation. And I'd be curious too, Joseph, as a film reviewer, uh, I know I, I, re- I review films. You end up seeing movies that you wouldn't necessarily uh, choose to see uh, just because you got it. That's part of the job. You got to go <laughs> see it. Um, which even that has shaped my 
just the way I understand pop culture for, you know, why, you know, I don't like this. I'm not a big Marvel guy. Uh, I know obviously a lot of people are. Um, so what is it about these movies that, that mm. is good? Why, you know, what is it about these movies that, that resonate? And I think a lot of the value for me comes in, in the conversational part that mm -hmm. this is not just that we talk about pop culture and have mm. conversations, but in one sense, almost pop culture is a conversation. This is this mm. is the way that the creatives in our culture are wrestling with things. I think movies like Barbie uh, become so um, hot button just because they touch a nerve of of things. Whatever, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, I think it is adding to the conversation. It is it is um, introducing new things to talk about, different perspectives, whether you agree or not. And for me, like, as a Christian that sort of works in that space that's exciting to me that to join into i know i know sometimes i i too grew up kind of in a background where where christians want to avoid the conversation because you might hear something you don't want to hear and uh, that might shape you pretty down a wrong path but just the idea that hey we can we can enter into conversations and whether we agree with what's being said uh, whether we feel like we have a whole lot to contribute or we're better off just kind of shutting up and listening to what's being said and learning from different perspectives I think something like pop culture reflects that more than even um, a more elitist art or things that that might be better objectively, mm -hmm. might be better crafted, but it's just not the it's not the central conversation that our cultures are necessarily having. So for me, that's the that's the exciting part for for me with yep. pop culture is hey, you can join into what's being said, you can learn a lot. Uh, I feel like as a as a Christian, as someone that is an overthinker. Uh, I have things that I want to contribute. I have things I want to learn. So there definitely is value in that sense. Absolutely. I What I'm hearing both of you say, because you talked about the conversation aspect, and Joseph, you were talking about um, how it, it enables you to connect with more people. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of what we're, I, I guess, circling here is that pop culture is somewhat of a language that you can learn to speak so you can connect with more people. Yeah. And it might your favorite language but there is a language that you can immediately um connect to in it and, and i think that's a, a really interesting thing and then daniel br you brought up um as we're looking at pop culture uh is it valuable you know the the, the the this idea of value and i think we have this kind of binary understanding of value where it's either good or bad it's either valuable or invaluable no way unvaluable not valuable non-value <laughs> i'm a writer guys i know words um <laughs> <laughs> but but it's kind of this it's either good or bad mentality and I, and I see that with a lot of um people when you know when you're you we were talking before the show about a movie and it's like there's no good way to talk about this movie because uh and people have made up their mind if it's good or if it's bad and if you write anything positive about it those people are going to be mad at you um who dislike it and if you write anything good about it and um, the people or you know you, you get what I'm saying so there's kind of this good and bad back and forth black and white and so I like this idea of value you look when you're investigating pop culture and, you know, it's something that can be likened to food. And, you know, you, you go to McDonald's, there might not be tons of nutritional value in the, the, the Big Mac you get, but there is something there that is satiating and feeding the people who eat it. And so um, to say you should only ever eat Michelin star restaurants, one, isn't realistic for most people. And two, it's not getting um, to the reality that there is value in things that are on this on this this spectrum of mm -hmm. value comes to art. And I think that there's something, there is value most art. And I go kind of back to what you're saying, Joseph, about how even if it's not the deepest art, even if it's not the most um, probing uh, or or height reaching art that you've ever seen, if it's created by someone and there's something good there, and we believe that the, the and I'm going to my, I'm reading Confessions right now, and uh, <laughs> Dustin is coming out. Oh, classic. If there's something good in it at all, something that that's joyful, something that brings you joy, or thought, or just comfort, whatever it is. Um, if all sources of good come from God, uh, then there is something good in it that is reflective of God. And so, you know, you you can avoid that. I need to feel guilty or feel dumb for liking yeah. this thing. And another thing um, that I think that is also interesting, and th this might be a little bit of a rabbit trail, but my sister Joy, she she tweeted a while ago. One, she got her PhD um, literally writing about pop culture and how it relates to faith and how it relates mm -hmm. to psychology. And, um, and she took like very popular, not, she's not going back to like, look at, um, uh, you know, the, the most obscure artist who's the deep, deepest and most well-reviewed. She looked at pop culture 
the most popular songs and how they dealt with death and how they dealt with life and faith. Mm-hmm. And it was a brilliant thing because she was trying to investigate this culture, this generation's mm-hmm. how they're how they're uh, engaging with these ideas that are so core to the human experience. And uh, she she put out a tweet a while ago that that went rather viral, but she talked about how it how we have this um, uh, this tendency to to degrade uh, or bemoan pop culture. She said, but I want you to remember that people used to dismiss Beethoven uh, and his his symphonies because they were too popular. Where's everybody going? The symphony, she has just started. So, we already heard that dum-dum-dum-dum. The rest is just filler. Uh, because they, that was the pop music at the time. Uh, a while ago, a friend of the show, Lou, took me to an opera. I'm, I'm not an <laughs> opera person, but since I lived in New York, I got to go. And, um, and, you know, in my head, opera is the highest art you can get. And he was giving me kind of some of the history behind opera. And what I didn't realize is opera was the the uh, art of the middle class. Yeah. It was not the high art at the time. It was essentially, you know, our our, our Saturday afternoon movies. Um, and it's so interesting that how sometimes time um, mm-hmm. is not even objective about how the art uh-huh. is good or bad. Sometimes it's just the perception and the culture around something <laughs> that affects our views on it. And then later we actually see there was something to benefit there. But the thing I, I worry about with this pop culture discussion isn't necessarily so much the objectiveness of these different mm-hmm. um, things. You know, how good is Taylor Swift real art or is she not real art? You know, things like the that. The answer is yes, but go on. <laughs> but what's interesting to me is the conversations around it mm-hmm. and then the kind of the psychological realities of how we like or dislike things. Meaning, you know, when I was younger, I was more, and now I'm an old man, so I don't care. So I just like the things I like and dislike the things I don't like. When I was younger, I was more influenced by, do my friends like this? Do my friends not like this? And that was an interesting thing to see in my head. So I think that's something that might be interesting there is to investigate what are the influences in my life, in my culture, in my tribe that are influencing what I like or don't like, or at least what I say that I like or don't like, um, which I think is an also also an interesting aspect of this conversation about pop culture, about how it's not even about the objective quality of the of the product. A lot of times it's the... Um, I don't want to say tribalistic, but it's the culture around us that's informing us what we should and shouldn't like. And that's the thing that I think is also really interesting in this conversation is um, getting to the heart of what people feel that they should and should not like, regardless of how good or bad it is. But anyway, Justin, I'll throw it to you and get your thoughts on this continued conversation because this is... It's such it's such a conversation, this conversation about conversations. Yes. Um, uh, conversation, everybody. Um, <laughs> but I think... No, I think I... So you may bring up a couple really interesting points there, Nathan, about, first of all, there's another side to this, which is that oftentimes there's there's the separatists. Separatist is a pejorative term. Who are like, you know, um, what my I center my identity around my education. So anything that, you know, um, uneducated people like, I can't like because, you know, I'm an educated person. That's who I am. You know, um, and then there's the Christians like, well, my being a Christian, unlike those people, is my you know primary identity so i can't like like things that they like but then there's people that's that's you know there's a, the tribal aspect of like oh everybody likes this therefore i have to like it you know so there's the, the kind of like you know i getting swept up in it and wanting to like things because you want to be a part of the gang and part of the uh, part and uh, part uh, or or not liking things because well that's not what you know that's 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 not what everybody likes and so people are complex people and the reason that they like things are complex and you know there is there can be a certain degree of like once something becomes popular enough it reaches a certain threshold that it becomes like uncool not to like it but then it becomes like establishment enough that it becomes cool uncool to like and cool like again again i've been i've been old enough to be to know like watch this happen with marvel where it's like you know i grew up as a nerdy superhero fan as a kid and everybody was just like, you know, dunking on me for liking superheroes to suddenly like you, you were uncool if you didn't like superheroes. So now kind of like people kind of getting tired of Marvel now. And so it's kind of cool to dunk on Marvel again and to watch this cyclical thing happen. But you brought up Daniel kind of like this, this thing about you both got, you and I are both film critics. And so kind of, you know, this dynamic of like, as a film critic, you kind of get uh, in this position too, where you like decide whether you you know, you, you watch movies you wouldn't necessarily otherwise watch. And then you have to, you know, give your opinion on them. And then people are going to react to to 
your opinion however they're going to. Um, and oftentimes they get very mad at you for like not liking the thing they liked or liking the thing that they didn't like. And I think that, you know, some of these conversations, I think a, it, I, I like what you said, Nathan, about the necessary need to make sure the conversations we're having are healthy in there. You know, it's, you know, if we're going to like something, you know, it should be because we actually like it. Um, and I do think that there's a sort of responsibility to, as you said, Nathan, investigate why we like it and say, you know, if we like it, you know, is is it something that is actually maybe harmful for us that we shouldn't like? You brought up the whole St. Augustine thing. You know, he he um, talks about a friend of his who was really into Colosseums. Like he really liked the Colosseums and watching people get, you know, eaten by lions and kill each other. And he was a Christian and he had to like really examine, okay, is this thing, and that, that, that was popular entertainment at the time, you know, yeah. and he had to examine, you know, and have God work on him in terms of like, no, I shouldn't like this thing, even though I like it. So I think always having an attitude that if you like something, it probably speaks to some part of the image of God in you, but also speaks to maybe some fallen aspect of yourself. And so always kind of like embrace the fact that you like something, but also investigate it. And then, you know, accept other people, the fact that they like something will also investigate it. Again, I, I, every time I watch a movie and I tend to watch because I work for a religious magazine, I tend to watch a lot of faith-based films and, and, and by that, I mean, I tend to watch a lot of bad films. Oh no, but, um, shots fired. That's, uh, hey, what, Elton. hey, Elton B. Yes. Um, but why? And so I've gotten a reputation for people like, wait, Joseph liked a movie, you know what? Um, <laughs> but, uh, the the thing I always try to actually look at like when I'm like what are they actually doing that's good here what is the value that is added but then what are ways that this is not value neutral this actually could be harmful or not aesthetic or good enough and so looking at it as just as people are complex and the tastes are complex examining those things and as in every other area of our life celebrating the parts that are good and 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 working on the parts that are bad because I want people to make better movies that are are more enjoyable but also make us better people and I want to have conversations like that with people that help us make us better people and pop culture isn't distinct from that that's every part of life is like that and so engaging in pop culture in that positive way I found um is positive is just another way of how do we treat people and other conversations that we have so I don't know if, if what about that resonates with you or what Daniel, how do you think is the most positive way to have conversations around pop culture, the things that you like and the things that other people like? Yeah. I'm curious too, if you, um, when you do movie reviews, like if you, if you do some kind of numerical score, or I know one of the, one of the things that we, when I started doing them, of course, that was just what you did. You know, you think of movie reviews, it's, is it four stars? Is it two thumbs up? Is it whatever, you know, three Ebert heads or yes. whatever you want to use? And kind of in the last... Is uh, it blessed or cursed? Yeah, it is blessed or cursed. Uh, <laughs> but kind of moving away from that to, to kind of reevaluating, like, what is the value of, you know, is this movie, can you reduce this this story oh. that came from a human at, or a book or whatever it is, you know, at some point, like, can you reduce that to, you know, some random guy on the internet thinks this is 3.3 out of whoa, whoa, whoa. N or, you know, is Oop. it just sort of, uh, are we just sort of evaluating it on a very rigid uh, scale of just um, very uh, pragmatic approach, I guess, and sort of shifting how I approach some of that to like, hey, you know what, it isn't, I still share if I think it's good or not. I share what? the things I don't like it. You know, it's, I, I don't think it's, you know, if they make a movie, I should be able to share my thoughts just like when yeah. I write a book. People share their thoughts and my sentences or my storytelling. Like that's just part of the that's part of the discussion that I think makes it valuable is that we can talk about that. But trying to think of at a little bit of a deeper level beyond just you know is this good and is this you know eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes good? And what does that mean to my life? And more like hey, these stories come from people. This is this is people that like you said are made in the image of God that are sharing their heart. You know, obviously lots of people are involved in the process, so it's not. Cool. It's not as simplistic as that, but but sort of like, hey, so so what what is what is good about this? What are, what are, what do they have to offer? Uh, what can I be um, 
you know, how can this edify me? How can this, how can this uh, inform me? Uh, how can I kind of give it more of a benefit of a doubt rather than just a good or bad? If it's, if I think it's you know, anything below a, a three out of 10 is, or three out of five is, is not valuable. Like, hey, well, you know, like I think you said a lot of like the faith-based films, like, hey, you know, those don't usually score super high in the, just, you know, like on a Rotten Tomato type scale. But I think they have a lot to say and they have a well, lot of other things that are coming that, and you can have those conversations side by side. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't, you know, there's nothing wrong with sort of the, you know, both. It's it's not always a dichotomy in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because we, we've, we've talked about faith-based films a lot because um, we're uh, more or less all of us in, in that industry. And so, you know, you've heard us talk on here about, um, what makes a good film what makes a bad film we've critiqued we've criticized and i used to have as i'm i'm a filmmaker i used to have this kind of frustration um with faith-based films or or even as a writer with a, a lot of um what uh faith-based publishers put out and in in my head i'm going well that's not real art they should they should you know and i make i would make my incredibly artistic movie that i was like this is a real movie about faith that has art and it's whatever and um and you know three people would watch it and i'm going why why is everyone seeing fireproof or whatever it is and no one's seeing mine and so they were just yeah. kind of like you know a little bit of an elitist uh yeah. mentality like i i deserve to have all these people watch my movie and this one is you know in my mind it's it's a one-star film like well, you were saying daniel so they shouldn't watch that but there is something whether you like it or not that's not really the point what the point i think a lot of us were, were talking about today is Okay, so you might not like God's Not Dead or Fireproof or whatever it might be, but a lot of people did. And there was something there that resonated with them. And Dude. so that is something, regardless of whether you like the movie, the song, the book, there's something there to investigate and will inform you um, about people, about the heart of God. There's something there that they're they responding to, and that's something to investigate so you can better engage with culture. And so even as an artist, as someone who <laughs> creates, writes, um, you know, I think, uh, I, yes, I want to create good high art. I think that's a value of mine. Some things that are truly mm -hmm. beautiful and I don't know that I've ever done it, but I'm going to keep on trying. But there's also something that I realized down the way is that I also had to create art that connected with people because mm -hmm. the audience is a part of this conversation, this artistic conversation. And so when it comes to, you know, I had the, the mentality of not, I'm not going to create pop culture art. That's low art. That's, you know, whatever I want to create the true art. And I do want to create true, beautiful things. But as I started thinking, I also want to create art that connected with people. And one of the things that I learned in, in watching pop culture is these are the concerns, the thoughts mm -hmm. in people's minds, hearts, psychologies, spirits. Um, and so there's something there that I need to be tapping into and understanding if I do want to create art that will ultimately have an effect on people. And um, so, yeah, it's just it's just interesting, this whole uh, this idea of pop culture that's so often gets dismissed by so many different people as meaningless as shallow whatever and that might be true um but there's still so much to understand not necessarily even the art itself but why people are drawn to it and what it is that's connecting with so many people so uh i'll i'll throw it back to you guys to wrap this up um but i, I will say one don't feel guilty about the things <laughs> that you like um investigate why you like them don't uh denigrate necessarily Things that other people like just because you have cultural influences or your friends or or um, even if you don't like it genuinely, uh, that's fine. But also investigate why people do like it. Um, th there's a lot here to learn. There's a lot of wisdom and insight to be mined within pop culture. So to your own detriment, if your goal is like mine, like ours, to connect with um, uh, and engage with people and help them and, and you know, as Christians to help them see God and, and, and beauty and truth. If that's your goal, uh, then absolutely you, you, you ignore or denigrate pop culture to your detriment, um, of that, of that calling. So there, there are things here to, to search, to understand, to uncover. And it's not about whether you like it or not. It's about what is there that is connecting with so many people. So anyway, Joseph, uh, any last thoughts before we hand it back to Daniel? Yeah. Um, so there's a, a, a lot, classic line from the first season of Ted Lasso, which is the only season I've watched of that. Um, that's, um, be curious, not judgmental. And I don't agree with that. What I agree is be curious before being judgmental. Um, and so I think that that's, that's how I think we should be in most areas of life. And that includes pop culture, which is, you know, like I said, 
if it's popular, investigate why. You can then judge it afterwards, you know, but first have an attitude that this speaks to people and there's a reason for that. And the other thing is that we often talk about high art versus low art. And the thing is, you touched on the fact that almost everybody has some form of low art that they really like. And the reason is because it's not really high art versus low art. Pop culture is the common denominator. It's like what the thing that we all share in common is what it's getting at. And and that is the stuff that connects, you know, artistic elites with 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 maybe sort of like, you know, less not college educated people or the common people in the artistic tapes. And so that's it's something we actually hold in common, which is a which is a good thing. And again, we can hold bad things in common and good things in common. And so it's worth investigating. Um, but that's, you know, you can celebrate the image of God in someone, the common image of God we have in someone for us collectively enjoying something together. That's beautiful. I also direct people. I actually wrote about this when it comes to faith-based films. I wrote about this in one of my recent columns for Religion Unplugged about, you know, I watched a, a movie, a show that was made about religion by people who weren't religious. And so that prompted me to write an article about like, this is why we need the faith-based film industry, because the people it's clearly made by people who are not attached to the concerns of actual religious people and how re actual religious people wrestle with their own faith. And for all of the criticisms I've had of the faith-based films, every single one that's really made a splash has actually been dealing with the actual concerns of the majority of the American uh, Christian, you know, community, like the things that they're actually struggling with at the time. And so you can, you can actually uh, wrestle with, uh, the real stuff there in those films rather than the stuff that people who aren't part of the communities think we should be wrestling with. And I think that there's something there's something to that engaging with pop culture in that way. And in just even just relaxing and saying, if it doesn't, you know, it's, again, we're doing a lot of Augustine today, but you know, there's a love God and do as you please, which is that like, if it doesn't actually harm your spiritual journey, and if it even has some positive aspects of it, then you can just feel free to enjoy it. You know, if you if it's not the Colosseum, you know, if it is actually something that is benignly positive, then you can just enjoy, celebrate the enjoyment aspect of yourself. We did this in our Guilty Pleasures episode, so you can check out that for that longer conversation. But that's sort of where I'd end it. So where, Daniel, you have the last word. Uh, what would you have people um, take away in the final analysis of kind of the value or lack thereof of pop culture? Yeah, well, maybe I'd just say, and kind of like we were, uh, Joseph, you were just saying that I feel like there's a lot of liberty in just changing the mindset towards pop culture and starting from a position of, hey, culture is a good thing. Uh, culture, uh, there's a lot to enjoy in culture. There's a lot to to edify us. I think kind of from both ends of the spectrum that we've been talking about with either the elitist or like the the more sort of disengaged, There's there can be a mindset of, hey, culture is bad. And if you're an elitist, Sort of the pop culture, you know, we're going to assume it's bad and some of it might prove us wrong. We're going to break through. And then from kind of the more separatist approach to the, hey, culture is bad. It's going to ruin your life. It's going to, you know, take away your faith. It's going to, you know, cause you to be a bad person. And we might be able to find some of it that slips through and maybe this much is okay. But, you know, don't don't put your toe any step further. That's too far. And just sort of a, a mindset that, hey, culture is a bad thing, and we can just sort of try and sift through to see if we can find anything good. Mm -hmm. And I think as someone that's just been immersed in pop culture, has tried his hand at creating culture, has talked about culture, has uh, learned about culture, um, that it, it does just free you up to, to change your mind so that, hey, culture is a great thing. Culture connects people. Uh, culture stories. Culture gives us a language and iconography to to understand things and people and concepts and, um, you know, doesn't mean it's all good. And once you get into it, you can see stuff that's not good. And then you sort of back away, uh, but just approaching it from a sense that, Hey, this is, you know, I try and do that with my movie reviews. Sometimes I got to convince myself a little harder, uh, going into movies, but try to go in with like, Hey, I'm going to like this movie. It's going to be good. It's going to surprise me. Uh, the yep. trailer looked awful. Uh, you know, no other critics like it, but I'm going to like this movie. Um, but just that mindset, uh, when that becomes more of your 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 default yep. posture of hey culture is a good thing, hey separate the bad but just enjoy the good. I think whether you're a Christian or just anyone, uh, it's just gonna it's gonna lead you to a, a lot happier place, a lot more fulfillment, and just um, I think just more connection to other people uh, when you're just kind of from a more positive perspective. I absolutely love that, and I was gonna let you have the last word, but now I just thought of a great metaphor to end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've only just begun yammering. 
<laughs> so, okay, if if um, pop culture is potato chips, I hear this all the time. Oh, it's like eating potato chips. But, but when you have a party and that with a lot of people and everyone, you know, potato chips are so unhealthy. I get it. They're, you know, they're just junk food. That's fine. Yes, they are. You shouldn't only eat potato chips. But when you have a party at your apartment and you want people to connect, what you do is you don't set out a bowl of kale. You set out a bowl. Well, I don't. You set out a bowl. <laughs> although some people in here in LA do, do the kale. But because there's something about the accessibility and the connection that comes from um, a, a fun, salty, easy food. Of course, you should eat other food. But there's something about pop culture that connects people and enables that. So I love this conversation today. Um, and I'm so glad that, Daniel, you are here. And I really do encourage everyone to go check out. If you want to think about pop culture in a deeper way, definitely go check out The Collision. Um, I ride occasionally over there. It's a fantastic place to kind of um, begin this journey of investigating uh, what we're talking about today, investigating pop culture, this language, and understanding why people like the things they do, which will help you connect with more people around you. But we are now... At the at the at our favorite segment of the show, maybe <laughs> I should yes. look at this and see how many people actually stick around for this. Maybe they're like, just drop that, but we're never going to. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no. This is for us. This is for us. Yeah, we... no. And and right after we had this whole conversation of how we shouldn't reduce things to a binary choice, we're going to talk about our blesses and curses segment, where we take a work of art, our metric, <laughs> go straight to good or bad, which I literally. <laughs> against on the podcast yes we take a work of art media or resource and recommend it i.e bless it or uh diss it i.e curse it so uh, uh uh daniel uh we always give our guests an opportunity to go um to join us and if they want to join us they can go first or last uh but so daniel do you want to uh start us off or wait until uh nathan and i uh go through the gauntlet uh, I can okay. Do, do we? Do you guys normally uh, start off with a blessing and wash it down with a curse, or do you yes. guys? Yes, yes, yes. The healthy way to do it. Yeah, that's the healthy way to start. End with the negative, so we leave yeah. people with a bad taste in their mouth. <laughs> the really controversial hot takes go last. Um, well, I, I can start off with a blessing. I, you know, I think this is something that I don't think it. Its success is hinging upon whether I give it a blessing or not. <laughs> uh, but just Lord of the Rings. I think that's uh, as I was thinking about pop culture. Um, it's funny. I feel like Lord of the Rings is one of those things that really shouldn't be a pop culture thing. If you sort of mm -hmm. know how it was written, Tolkien's personality uh, sort of did everything possible to not make it a commercial pop culture thing. And it's just, it is one of those things that kind of bridges the gap of, you know, it, it is a great work of literature. It is popular. Um, I think even the Rings of Power show kind of shows the, how ill-suited maybe it is to be pop culture. Mm. Uh, you know, this is this is too serious. This is too, which is very much Tolkien's thing. So, so Lord of the Rings, I'll give. Uh, I'm never shy to give Tolkien a blessing. So I'll give him one more. Amen. Cool. Okay, and and curse. We're ready for it. Oh, and a curse. Uh, my curse. It would be the critic versus audience score debate. I don't know if you guys. Uh, if you if you guys have got into that. Uh, this side baseball, but I'm I'm excited to learn. Okay, yeah. So this could be my. I could fill up a whole episode on this one, but. Sort of the rotten, usually it's like the rotten tomatoes, you know, with, you know, critics gave this a 20%, but audience scores gave it an 85. And who cares about those critics or, you know, the fans? We made this one for the fans. And uh, it just becomes that silly debate every time there's a movie where there's any kind of divide uh, between those two. And I think a lot of it is kind of derives from this conversation of just well, a misunderstanding that, that those scores largely are measuring different things. The critic yeah. is hey is this good uh, where the audience is saying hey did i enjoy this and mm -hmm. those aren't the same question they can be the same question uh, but doesn't necessarily mean that what you enjoy is good or what's good uh, you can't enjoy or um, so it is one of those things that just it pops up anytime you know what's coming and especially with a lot of faith-based stuff that usually gets hammered critically you you know you you hear this conversation come up uh, so i'm tired of it so that's my uh, my firm curse for today yeah well no i'm gonna but I have made movies that have been disliked by both audiences. And <laughs> yeah, you're the unicorn one that uh, that uh, it's both audiences. Well, that's I'm done. Like they, nothing can top that today. That <laughs> made me happy. By uh, I'm gonna do. Um, I, I've actually struggled with this trying to figure out my uh, blesses and curses because it's like. 
it was like it was like too many options because everything is pop culture, right? Yes. <laughs> Thought about blessing Bar because you know I think it was cursed at some point in this podcast. Yeah. Just because you have Greta Gerwig who goes and she takes something to pop culture, whether or not you like the movie. Okay, I'm I'm not. It's, I'm just blessing the attempt to take something from pop culture and actually investigate its well, meaning and relevance to people. So I, yeah. I think that's a a um a valuable and commendable thing. It's pop culture that is investigating pop culture, which is pretty cool. Yeah, very meta over here. Um, So I I appreciate that attempt. I think it's something that we more people should do. And I'd love to see more Christians do it is something and investigate why people love this, especially something that's even kind of like now hated, you know, because Barbies were definitely out. And she said, why were they loved? Why were they hated? That's a really interesting thing. I'd love to see more people do that. I said I was I was going to bless that, but I'm actually going to bless a couple books uh, that uh, just to bring some resources in here on this. It's funny that we're talking about pop culture. I have every song, every TV show and every movie. And I'm going books because <laughs> that's me. I'm a book guy. I read stuff. So I'm going to bless uh, through a screen darkly. I think uh, hey. there's not um, artistic um, investigation books in the faith based world. And right. I think I'd love to see more. And it's something I would love to do. Um, that I'm trying to do uh, as well as Joseph and I and I believe you as well, Daniel. I'd love to see more Christians, um, not reactively, but but sympathetically or, or at least investigatively, investigatively uh, looking at pop culture and trying to decipher what it is there. Um, uh, you know, down the line, I've loved to write one on video games. I wrote one on Hollywood. Um, just what about it is interesting and connective so we can discover um, uh, m- more about people, even people we don't understand. And more about ourselves. Um, so I think uh, back to the book, Through Screen Darkly does this. It takes a lot of the greatest movies ever created and it, and it searches and probes them for spiritual themes. Um, this is by Jeffrey Overstreet, um, famed Christian um, <laughs> film critic. And um, I had one of the giant, one of the giants in the, that space. Yeah. And so I, I definitely want to uh, 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 brush up again. It's been a, a while since I've read it, but what I appreciated. Um, about it was its its decision to look into these things that that are outside of our culture, by the way. The, you know, the, the smaller right. Christian, um, but to kind of investigate these movies are love. These movies are classics. What in them reflects um, uh, our spiritual desires and realities? And so I think that's a, a good uh, place to start. I think a lot of people will like through a screen darkly. Um, uh, I'm also going to bless if you just want more of the kind of philosophical theological. Um, uh, talking around this, we blessed this book a million times on this podcast before, but it is a really good place to start. And again, we don't even agree with everything in it, but it's just such a a wonderful place to um kind of investigate these ideas. Uh, it's uh, Walking on Water by Madeline mm. Lingle. Yeah, her uh, creativity, theology, God, so good. art, um, and what those things have in common, what they have to do with each other. Um, I I really enjoyed this reading this book for the first time just a few years ago. Um, which I'm surprised it took me that long. Um, so definitely those books are a great place to start. Um, and because I feel so convicted by um, Daniel's um, talking about uh, the the binary scores, we do everything. I'm not going to curse something today. Wow. So, uh, no, that's so. <laughs> wow. Oh, holy Sell out. Sell out. In full honesty, I'm, I'm neither brave enough nor... Um, <laughs> I think of a curse in time. So I tried to make it look like I did something out of a moral position. I'm a very person. It's really because I'm a very um, busy person and forgot to come up with the with the curse. So sorry, everybody. Uh, no. I'll, 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 that is acceptable. <laughs> that is acceptable. Um, okay, cool. So, well, I've been inspired by Nathan and I'm going to um, bless a, a book uh, as well as a movie. Um, I'm going to bless the book, uh, What is Art? by uh, Leo Tolstoy. And partly that it's because he's wrestling with some of these ideas about at the time, you know, there's a certain kind of art that people said was really good art, but it was also art that, you know, it, it, it's, it's basically was the taste of the educated, but also people were kind of like, you know, abusing people within the crea- that creation of that art. So he was trying to say like, okay, well, what makes art valuable and, yeah. and what is its purpose? And one of the conclusions he comes to is that, you know, art is valuable in uh, partly in its ability to connect people together. What's one of value. And that's, that's why he actually says that in some ways, folk art kind of is more valuable than art of the elites in some cases, because again, it gives the elites and the, um, and the common person, a common language, because even if the, 
you know, the elites dislike the, the uh, folk art. They know about it and they can understand it. Um, and he thought the brotherhood of man was such a thing. That was such an important part of his ideas. He said that's um, folk arts and popular art can help us create the brotherhood of man. And so I think that that whole, that's only part of his argument, but that's a part that's sort of relevant to our discussion. I think if people are wanting to investigate, you know, one of the greatest literary kind of, you know, writers of the, of, of, of uh, history, you know, you might want to like check out some of his thoughts on art, particularly relevant to our discussion. That's interesting to you. That's something to check out. It's very short. Um, I'm also going to bless, this is just a great opportunity to bless, uh, self-indulgently bless a piece of pop art that I really enjoyed lately, um, which is the latest, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that Seth Rogen put together. And I was really impressed by it because again, it's, it's, it's made about the, the, the turtles. It's made, they made about the Ninja Turtles. It's, you know, about as like basic pop culture as you can get, but they really took the time to like say, oh, okay. What's the heart of the appeal of these people? What's the metaphors to what people really relate to about them and really hone into that story in a way that I thought was deeply um, thoughtful and meaningful, which is kind of like most of what I look for for movies. I wish more movies would be able to just do that basic thing. And it was also just beautifully done in its sort of um, in its art style. So I definitely it's like as a piece of like pop art, it's like, yes, that's that's what I'm looking for for my pop art and my art in general. So I really I, I will say this. I think it was a better movie than either Barbie or Oppenheimer. So that's, so come at me. But that's, that is, wow. Are you going to have a lot of people? I know, I know. It's, uh, um, uh, then uh, in terms of uh, curses, I'm going to go on book ads, the spectrum. I'm going to curse a piece of a pop art I think is not terribly valuable uh, or good at least. Um, and then a curse of piece of high art I think is overrated. Um, so I'm going to curse Sing, which is sort of a stand-in for all kind of most of the Illuminations <laughs> the stuff that they do. And they really, Illumination has sort of made their brand, like let's let's create something that will entertain kids without really adding any artistic value to this. And that annoys me. Now, again, I like some of what they do, but they really have made that their brand, which is lowest common denominator without trying to to add thoughtfulness or depth to it. And so that really annoys me. Um, so I'm going to curse it for that reason. Um, and then I'm going to curse Tar, which is a movie that Scorsese really was like, the heavens opened up to me when I watched this movie. And it's like, it's fine. It's a fine movie, but it is designed to tickle the um, the tastes and preferences of artistic elites without actually adding a lot of valuable artistically to the discussion. It really is like, here, let's reflect you back on yourselves with some of the elite artistic language. And because you're seeing that, you're going to think this is better than it is. It's not super depthful or thoughtful, at least to the degree, you know, it's it's fine. It's It would have been a solid 100 minute movie that went on for two and a half hours. Um, and so I think that, and it, it does flatter itself as being sophisticated, even though it's very basic. So that's my, that's my critique of tar. Um, so anyway, my, all my sophisticated viewers, uh, I do have, I realized it's movies. It's any new movie that's aside from Lord of the Rings that gets a pass that is over two and a half hours. That's my new thing. I cannot do this again, guys. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot do a, a Ah, but you get 90 minutes, maybe two hours if you're good. So that's my curse. That's it. I, that's fair. I mean, again, I, I take it on a case by case basis. Like, you know, I'm, but it's, it's Lord of the Rings earned it. And I would yeah. say like certain things like, ah, maybe the new Batman earned it. Like, it's like, you know, a little over, but like most movies, you could be a hundred minutes, you know, or at least like two hours max. Which I'm totally with you guys. I'm. I'm going to break my own uh, convictions about going in with a positive attitude that <laughs> I see it's like two hours and 20 minutes. It's like, I go into the theater mad and it's like, you you better prove that you're worth a, if you sit here two and a half hours and like the, the original Star Wars is like under two hours. Then, <laughs> then you're going to like, get your beat, but yeah. yeah. Well, I add that as my second curse. That's okay. fair. That's um, fair. Oh, well, this was so much fun. Thank you so much, Daniel. Well, thank if, you. Pe if people enjoy our discussion, You've got a lot of discussions like this over at, you know, your work. So where can people go if they want to engage with the stuff that you do? Yeah, well, you can find me, um, just Daniel Black can be here and there on the internet at various places on the socials. But 
thecollision.org. You can find me there too. You can link to my personal stuff. But kind of from from that website, we do a bunch of other stuff and videos and podcasts and things. But collision.org, always a lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, so encourage you guys to come join us over there. Awesome. Uh, check out. It's really good, um, particularly the few articles I've written. The, I really I really took the pop and the just mm-hmm. added. You brought the high art to our uh, to our pop. What uh, <laughs> so I pop and added the culture. <laughs> but no, it's really a fantastic place um, to continue the discussion we had today. And I really highly encourage all of our listeners to subscribe and get in there. It's really, really good. Um, if you want to get in touch with the Overthinkers and you want to engage more with what we do, please go to the OverthinkersJournal.com and head over to our private Facebook group, the Overthinkers. We'd love to have you among our ranks. If you want to get in touch with me and connect with me, you can go to NathanClarkson.me or search my name on any of the socials. I'm also going to plug my book, Finding God in Hollywood. This is this is a very personal one. It wasn't done on a big publisher. It's just my story um, of a kid going to Hollywood and engaging with stories and has a lot of thoughts on culture and pop art and, um, and all, all the things that we mutually love together and what they mean to us and to our faith and to our humanity. So check out Finding God in Hollywood. Joseph. You can find me on any of the socials as well. You can also find me at my website, josephholmstudios.com. And of course, I write that regular column at Religion Unplugged, where I talk about faith and uh, the movies, whether it's a faith-based film or not. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And thank you so much, Daniel, for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm